And welcome back to another episode of Foul Players Radio. My name is Michael Spedden, and we're live down here at Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard, Baltimore, Maryland, 21222. And uh, we're down here tonight for Wednesday. Wednesday, it's a very big night at Costas. We have Jazz Night. Tonight we're having uh, Rodney Kelly. We're going to talk to Rodney again in a few minutes here. Uh, it's also Wine Down Wednesdays, half-price bottles of wine. And we have a steak special tonight, a 12-ounce Black Angus steak with two vegetables, eighteen ninety-five. Well worth coming down for that. If steak's not your thing, they have tons of great seafood, crabs, shrimp, fish, mussels, you name it. Well worth the trip. Come on down. Uh, tonight, again, we're going to be talking to Rodney Kelly. Uh, Rodney is one of the featured acts down here. They have four acts that kind of rotate every Wednesday. Uh, we have Rodney Kelly, Carl Filippiak, Paul Soroka, and Full Circle. And uh, tonight, uh, we're going to be talking to Rodney Kelly and uh, getting to know a couple of his band members uh, that perform down here on Wednesdays. Um, in other news, the chorus of the Chesapeake will be performing the national anthem. They'll be singing both O Canada and the Star Spangled Banner with the Orioles against the Blue Jays on June 11th. Uh, that's going to be at uh, Camden Yards, of course. If you'd like to join the chorus to sing, time is running out, but you can still do it on Tuesday, May 28th, and on Tuesday, June 4th. Those are two rehearsals that you must attend if you'd like to join us and sing those anthems. Uh, the address is um, the corner, actually, it's the North Point Government Center at the corner of Wise Avenue, and Merritt Boulevard, Tuesdays at 7.30. Make sure you come on down and check it out. And if you'd like to sing with us, you're more than welcome. Come on down. You'll have a good time. Also, the course of the Chesapeake will be opening the Dundalk Heritage Fair on June the 28th. Uh, that's a Friday. It's around 6 o'clock. Come on down to the Dundalk Heritage Fair and check it out. Uh, you'll be glad that you did. Uh, there's going to be lots of great entertainment, food, and you can't go wrong with a good pig race. So make sure you come down and see that. Kim's Crypt Haunted Mill. Their next haunted campout is going to be June 22nd. 13 hours of pure terror out in the woods. 13 hours with Kim. Oh, my. Uh, make sure uh, you get your tickets. Tickets are running out. Um, if you'd like more information or tickets, kimscrypt.com. The foul players of Perryville will be returning to the Western Maryland Scenic Railroad. On uh, this Saturday, May 25th, the show will be Tennis Anyone. If you're interested in tickets, uh, www.wmsr.com, or uh, you can call 1-800-TRAIN-50, 1-800-TRAIN-50. If you're interested in learning audition skills for the camera, how to audition for TV, commercials, even learn a little bit of voiceover, uh, I've got the person just for you, Sariva Racher. S-A-R-E-V-A-R-A-C-H-E-R at AOL.com is her contact information, 410-227-2102. Give her a call. She's been in the casting business for a long time. She's cast lots of great movies, TV shows, and commercials in the area. And um, she can help you you obtain the skills that you need to get your foot in the door and to be able to uh, appear and act in these things. So give her a call, again, 410-227-2102. So in a few minutes, we will have Rodney Kelly. Rodney, it's great to see you again tonight. Oh, great man, to it's see really you again. good to be back. I thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. This way. Yeah, there you there go. There we there go. go. Okay. Oh, man. It's good to be back. Like night and day. Like night and day. So, Rodney, um, 
you know, I, I stuck around. I saw your, you know, a good set with you last time, and your great band, and uh, your son up there. Yeah, we're having fun. It's, you know, it's, it's a great night. It's a great night uh, that I recommend anybody come and see. You know, um, and you know, I know a lot of people. You know, when I when I talk about this to other people, I've been trying to play it up and get some people to come check it out. They either you know love jazz. Mm-hmm. Or, or hate it. <laughs> well, not. It's not so much that they don't like it. It's just that they don't know enough about it. Right. Right. You know, they right. just don't know enough about it here. So, um, tell us a little bit about the type of jazz that you've come up doing. I mean, there's a million types of jazz out there, and that's the know. key. There's so many things that are called jazz. Yeah. That's really not jazz. Okay. Uh, jazz. If you look back up the history of New Orleans, yes, New and Orleans. the jazz, it had a certain feel to uh-huh. it. Jazz was more improvisational music. Right, right, right. And where you had at the same time R&B, Dixieland, you had your rock. Now, these days, they're taking songs like, let's say, for instance, from the 70s, maybe the Isley Brothers. Right, right, right. They're slowing them down and putting an instrument on it. Instead of Ronald Isley singing it, it may be a saxophone. Right, right, And right. they call that smooth jazz. Okay. It's really not jazz. It's an yeah. R&B song slowed down with a saxophone on it. Okay. But for commercial purposes, companies and artists use that term jazz. Mm-hmm. To attract or try to attract a larger audience. Right, right, right. If you go to a jazz festival today, most of them you'll see is R&B artists, mm-hmm. not jazz at all. But you have, like I said, that smooth jazz. You have acid jazz, which is more of a rockish type of jazz. Mm-hmm. You have freeform jazz, which was kind of big in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah. It's an acquired taste. Yeah. <laughs> we'll uh-huh. say that. Um, you have things like Jeff Beck. And, you know, Jeff Beck, who was with the Yardbirds. Yes, uh, yes. Okay, uh-huh. rock guitar player. But some of what he is playing now is considered jazz. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's, it's so broad that it can't be put into one specific category. Yeah. You know, yeah. um... I guess if you go to a radio station and pull up smooth jazz, you'll hear what mm-hmm. they call smooth jazz. If you want what's known as straight-ahead jazz, mm-hmm. now you're talking things like the old Dizzy Gillespie, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. and uh, those sort of things. Um, crooning music was considered jazz. Uh-huh. Frank Sinatra, Nat King right? Cole was considered jazz. Is that right? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. But see, it had the tent of R&B with it. Because some of it was danceable. Okay. okay. Well, your original jazz, original jazz was danceable too. It was your New New Orleans beats with the doom, 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 doom. Okay, that's a different type of feel. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about jazz, it can't be quantified into one category. Right, right. You know, There's so much of it. There's out there. so much. You know, if you go hear polka, it's going to sound the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, that type <laughs> right, of music. Right, right, if right. you go to hear, say, okay. Give me heavy metal. Mm-hmm. It's going to sound because you're going to hear distortion. You're going to hear guitars, uh-huh. the volume, the power. If you say, I'm going to a jazz concert, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. You're right. Because you're right. it goes so many different ways. And some of your greatest songs that are jazz standards mm-hmm. didn't start out that way. Oh, is that right? Okay. That right? Earl Garner wrote Misty. Look mm-hmm. at me. That was a crooning song, yeah, yeah. but it's considered a jazz standard now. Summertime, it's right. considered a jazz standard. Uh, a lot of Burt Bacharach's music sure. is now considered jazz standard. Is that right? Is yes, that right? it's yeah. depending on the audience, right? Uh, who you're playing for, how they interpret it. Okay, yeah. your younger we? audience might say, uh, you know, that's not, you know, because they're not used to that. 
but yeah, it's a broad, broad spectrum. What yeah. about ragtime music? Is that considered jazz too, or is that yes. sort of yes, it is okay. because jazz was really noted as instrumental music. Yes, uh-huh. and it was improvisation. Okay, okay, where the solos were going over it. Yeah. You had Char- uh, John Coltrane, Charlie Parker, and they were all they weren't vocalists. No, they weren't. Yeah. They were solos on their instruments. But then as time went on, some others start listening to those songs and say, oh, let me put words to them. Mm-hmm. Now they became a vocal song. Okay, right, then it right. went into R&B because they had to change the feel a little bit yeah. to, to, to make it do that. Yeah. Well, now you have a pseudo-jazz. You know, what is it? You know, right. that sort of thing. Another thing that I've been really amazed by is just the, uh, the level of chops, the musicianship, and I'm sure the discipline that it really takes to be a good jazz player here. You know, you um, know it takes that type of discipline to be good in any genre. You know, I look at, you have like guys like George Benson or even going back to guys like, uh, let's see, Joe Pass of the past, Hal Farlow, these guys. But then you have guys like Steve Vai. Uh, Oh, yeah. He graduated from Berkeley. Yes, he did. Yeah. This is some discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play jazz all you want. Try doing some of that stuff he's doing. Wear you out. Oh, yeah. Wear you out. It will. So it will. to be good at craft, and even when it comes to raw R&B or you come to other, the discipline that it play takes to play it well and to lock it well, I guess the old saying says separates the men from the boys. It does. It does. Yeah, yeah. Because we can go, you and I, and go listen to two bands play the same songs and try to play them the same way, and you can denote the level of discipline or musicianship in it. So you reap what you sow, you get out of it what you put into it. And uh, from my generation... It was always a competition sort of thing. Yes, it is. I was <laughs> going to ask you about that, yes. too. One guitar player, you know, you always say, oh, well, we're not competing. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, one guitar comes in the room and another one comes in the room. Well, you're like, well, you can't show me. i, I got to do mine. And then that's <laughs> right, how we're, right, right. you know. And, and it's good camaraderie if you can learn from these other guys. Because uh-huh. I came up with a generation, it was cutthroat. George Benson's generation and the generation before, they had what they called the New York, a club called the Cutting Room. And after the stars would do their concerts, they would all go to a jam session. Sure, right. That jam session was designed to kick each other's butt. They were getting up there trying to cut each other literally, yeah. on the instrument. But for you to even step in that room with your instrument, you had to put some time into that instrument. Oh, yes, you yeah. do. You know, you get out looking like a fool, you know, right. and no one wanted to do that, you know, and so some of that still exists. I see the younger players that come on, some of them have tremendous jobs, yeah. especially some of those guys that are playing gospel. Right, right. It's a whole different feel, you know, sometimes some of that stuff is in like triple time. And I said, yeah, okay, y'all go do your thing, <laughs> go do your thing. Yep, yep. But yeah, it takes a lot of discipline. It really does. And I can imagine what you were telling me about when you were, you know, coming of age, you were a young man, and you would go to these uh, jam sessions over around uh, Gwyn Oak, I think. Yes, yes, yes. And you would walk in there, and they would tell you to get out. If you came up on stage and yeah. you came up half, they stopped the song. Yeah. Try to be nice to you. Say, you can come back again next week, but go home and practice. Right, right, right. Now, that, that was a motivator. That was either, a motivator. It either break you. you yeah, one or two ways. Yeah. It's either going to break you or yeah. it's going to motivate you. But if you really wanted to play and be good at that instrument, mm-hmm. you'd go home and do it. and Or you would seek out guys that could play at that level right, and right. ask for their help. You rise to the level of your competition. Yes. One thing, like I said, and some things that I was thinking about that you said 
in our last chat, yeah. you know, you've got the playing part of it. But you also, you want your band to look good. Yes. You don't have guys walking in. No. Like people go to Walmart you know, or something like that. And I think you rise to that level. You do. You have you to. When you, you have come to. in dressed yes. and you come in, you're giving an all-around show. You have to. And that brings up all areas of your performance, I think. You and know, that's especially, a good expectation for you to have. Especially you know? is that important these days. I just did a, a performance, my son and I, for the uh, Annapolis, Friends of the Annapolis Symphony Orchestra. Uh-huh. It was out in Annapolis on the beach, this beautiful, mm-hmm. I don't even know what the building was, we're outside. To put it bluntly, it was nothing but money in the room. Yeah. Uh, I hear them, a donation of $17,000 check. They're starting this auction off at, you know, 3000 The point is, everybody there, and this was on the beach, everybody there looked good. Right. So right. now you're going to bring them entertainment and you busted in jeans. Mm-hmm. You would have never got that gig again. Yep, yep. I get a lot of gigs. Partly on how I present myself. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, and I like for young musicians, but sometimes old musicians as well. Mm-hmm. Companies spend billions of dollars advertising and presenting something in a good light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the economy so bad, and there's so many bands and so little places to play, right. you have to present yourself in a good light to get the venues that you want to get into. Exactly. Exactly. You have to. It's yep. like any job. You know, if I want to, when I was an engineer and I went for my interview at the University of Maryland, if I didn't go down there in a suit and a tie, oh, yeah. I would have got the job. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. I, I used to see that all the time. You know, coming up in, you know, my day job was in construction. Mm-hmm. And um, we would see people coming in, even for construction jobs, coming in with the pants down. Yeah. The underwear. The oh, please. Tank top. Oh, it, please. Yeah. You know, you, what planet do you go to a job interview looking with like a tank that. top? Yeah, yeah. Your pants down like that. And then also, um, you know, not, not even bathing, well, you know, walking. Well, th- this is a whole other rabbit hole yeah, right yeah. here. You know, but it, it, in, it really yeah. apl- applies. Now, me for dressing, I like to look like I am the entertainment. Yes. My uh-huh. wife says, why don't you tell me that? You know, I says, listen, honey. <laughs> I am not the audience. Right, right. I don't want to blend in with the audience. Yes. Okay? Uh-huh. So when the audience comes in, I want them, the ones who haven't seen me and don't know me, to say, you know, he's here for a reason. He looks different. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I am here to entertain you. Yep. Before you hear a note, you see us. Right, right. And so that's our band's model, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I first got my bassist, Tony, and he used to play with a lot of funk bands. And back in those days, they kind of dressed that way. Okay. lady uh, had us for a pool party. She said, oh, we can wear shorts. I said, no, we can't. Right. It's their party, mm-hmm. not our party. Yep. We're hired as the entertainment. Right. And this is how we go. So yeah. we have adapted that, and it has worked for us so many years. Um, I play down Sullivan's at the Inner Harbor, and it's a tourist place, people coming in and out. You need to look the part. Mm-hmm. Right. You need right. to look the part. But uh, that's a whole nother thing. That's true. I noticed that um, you know, going back, you know, playing in the 80s and things like that, mm-hmm. even though we weren't dressed in suits, right? we did take, you know, it, it was, you know, spandex, big hair. But the thing is, is that we did look yes, the, the part. part. We looked right for a minute. Yes, and then yes. when the hair band thing kind of stopped mm-hmm. and Seattle came in, right. L.A. went out, Seattle came in. The grunge thing. People yeah. would just go up on stage looking like they're going to Walmart. Yes. I hate to put it that yeah. way. But, but that uh, appealed that, that, to a one yeah. small audience. 
Right. When you are a star, so quote unquote, you have a little more leeway. Yep. yep. But when you're a cover band and you're local and you're trying to do these things, you don't have the same leeway as a star. Right. But even back then, look at Jimi Hendrix. His outfits were colorful. Go to the rock groups, Kiss. They were they had outfits. Go to the funk group, Harlem and Funkadelic. Yep. <laughs> they had one guy came out, he would come out in a diaper. <laughs> but that was his, and then the other came out, Sir Nose, with this long nose. But they were known for their outfits. They had the um what do you call the mothership that came down. Uh, Peter Frampton with the long hair. Right, okay. Right, right. So your groups that were mega groups, they look the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. They look like something, you know. They did. It really makes a difference. And to if you're gonna look, then let's go the whole thing. Try to execute your sound that way. You know, right, right. and that's how it is. Um, we got okay. okay. Um, can great. we do do some more of this? I want to bring in maybe Tony or something if you're here. Sure, and sure. Uh, we can talk some more because I enjoy absolutely, uh, chats. absolutely, yes. yeah. Um, excellent. Go ahead, and I will uh, talk to you in a little bit. Thank you, buddy, Rodney. And we're back. Uh, the Rodney Kelly Jazz Experience just took a break, and I'm here with Tony Lunsford, the bass player. I'm a bass player, too, my All friend. Right, Great yeah. to see you. My friend, I yes. always know, I always know a bass-playing brother when I meet one, you <laughs> yes, know, so... Uh, Great. You sound great tonight. What are you playing through over there? It's a Fender Rumble 800. Okay. A Fender Rumble. Weighs okay. 35 pounds. Oh, wow. Good for old guys like me. Yeah, it's nice. Just like the old Ampeg SVTs. There's yeah. <laughs> well, we used to have those back in the day. Oh, yeah. I had one, too. Yeah, I had yeah. one, too. We're also here with uh, Rodney Jr. again. Good to see yes, you again, sir. my friend. Another bass player. This is Bass Player Island over here. Yes, yes, yes sir. Yes. And, uh, and keyboards. And keyboards, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's keyboard. the keyboard. Yeah. I play acoustic guitar and harmonica too, um, right. as well as that goes. But uh, but great, you, know, you guys are sounding great tonight. Just an excellent set. And I tell you what, you guys are like a well-oiled machine up there, you know. Um, so we talked a bit about your beginnings in music and everything. How you just kind of picked it up, and we have the child prodigy over here. It's yes, just yeah. amazing what you were telling me and you know, the things you've accomplished in such you know a short time here. Now tell me about you know your uh, you know, your background in this. You know, when, what, what gave you the uh, bug to well, my dad's a gospel player. Oh, is that right? And he's been right? all in, been in top groups uh, all his life, and uh-huh. uh, grew up in the church. So, you sure, know, sure, yeah, sure. So that's where it came. From. I love a good gospel choir when I get a chance yeah. to well, see. He was one. a quartet. That's... Oh, okay, a quartet. Quart- nice, oh, nice. Yeah, and did you start off playing gospel in the church? Or no, you... I never did. Never did, huh? I never played gospel until later on. Oh, okay, okay. Started off trying to play jazz and. Doing the funk thing. That okay. Was a, so your father, was he, uh, you're talking like four-part four harmony vocals? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And guitar. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm a barber shopper, so I do, yeah. uh, I sing with the chorus of the Chesapeake. Is amongst the thousands of other things I'm involved with now. My wife is telling me to slow down a bit here. So, uh, <laughs> and what kind of bass is that? It's a five-string. It's got. a five-string sire. Um, okay. Marcus Miller's sire bass. Oh, nice, nice. It sounds great, man. It sounds really good here. Um, do you have a collection, or do you uh, stick with one or two? I have about three or four bases, you know. Uh-huh. But that's my go-to bass. So. Right, right. That's your main one. Your got baby. A, got a Fender Jazz and... Uh, Nice, nice. A couple of the bases. Good, good. Yeah, I've, I'm a, I've got a couple of Gibsons. I've got the RD Artist. Uh-huh. They were made in the 70s by Moog did all the electronics on yeah, the inside. Yeah. Um, so they're worth a lot of money then. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it. Um, I've had it for 35 years, too. Yeah. And then I've got um, 
and not that about 33. I've got my uh, Gibson G3. I've got a Fender acoustic bass that I play. Then I've got two acoustic guitars. I just play a Gibson uh, Ripper. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The G3 is very similar. Um, Was the Ripper the one with the sliding pickup? No, that that was the Grabber. The Grabber? Grabber. Yeah, okay, okay. They're hard to find. They are. They are. They are. They became popular again a while back. Um, I remember people used to laugh at me when I bought my RD Artist in the 80s. Like, what the hell is that? Because people were into the pointy, shiny guitars in those days, the BC Riches and the Charvels. And then um, all of a sudden Nirvana came out and my bass became cool again. Yeah. (laughs) But that that comes around and everything. So... um, what kinds of uh, you know you, you started you know, playing you know, doing some gospel you were, you came up in that any other artists uh, you know that you really idolized or looked up to that you kind of maybe uh, Those are major players man Victor yeah. Wooten uh, Marcus Miller uh-huh. Larry Graham uh, sure um, 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 Boots Bootsy yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, James Jameson uh-huh. yeah. yeah yeah that that's great that, that that's a lot of good players there you know. Um, and uh, did you ever play anything besides jazz, or have you ever been in rock bands? Or yeah, yeah. My hair used to be down on my shoulder. <laughs> we did. We were in non-piece funk band. We used to uh-huh. open for a lot of major acts and um, uh-huh. stuff like that. So. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So you did a lot of. You know, I've, I've done some wild stuff in the past myself too. I've been. Uh, in uh, you know, punk rock bands and you know, heavy metal bands, and I've had hair even longer, you know, down to my chest. Now I'm starting to, I'm still hanging on to it at 50 here, and uh, we'll see how long that lasts. You know, well, it's a it's a blessing to keep playing, man. It I'm, is, it is. Yeah, it's a blessing. Yeah, I get playing. It is. Uh, do you write or anything too? Do you have? Uh, I used to back uh, when, uh, in the 80s. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We used to write a lot of home material. But now I just play. Just play. That's good. And, That's you know, good. play with this young man right here. This young man right play here. This man right here. Uh-huh. This man, Mr. Rodney Kelly Jr. Uh-huh. You know, he's just constantly open your eyes to stuff. Oh, he is. He, he is. each other's eyes. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so you, you've got some uh, material coming out. I think you mentioned it last time. Yeah, I just released a CD in December, four or five months ago. Okay. And count it off. Okay, yeah. and um, where where could you get it? You said I think you have it. Yep, it's online. Online. You can get it anywhere: iTunes, iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play Music, CD Baby, any, anywhere online. Google Rodney Kelly Jr. That yeah. and my past two CDs will come up as well. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's um. I can't wait to get it. I'm going to get myself a copy. I got you. I, I, yeah, I remember last time I was supposed to get you a copy, but I got you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to. That, that'll be my homework for the next time I come down. Oh. Here. He's going to grill me on it and everything. But um, I mean, I, I really enjoy these jazz nights down here. I mean, I'm not somebody who's really familiar with jazz, but when I've come in here, I, I've liked what I've heard, and I can sit there and I can enjoy this. Well, but it really is. We do everything from Hendrix to Coltrane. To, you do. You do. You know. So yeah. we have fun. Uh huh. Iconic too. Uh-huh. And how long yeah. have you been with Rodney now? Oh, ten years. Okay, ten. He said he's had this ensemble together for about ten or fifteen. And yeah, you guys yeah. have all been. And, and you know, I guess doing something like this too, you really get to know each other well, and you guys can really uh, play off of each other and everything. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, fun. Oh yeah, that, that, that it looks. You know what? It looks like you guys are having fun up there, which is really the main thing. Yeah. You know, you're having a good time, and um, it, it shows too. That energy comes out. With the crowd, yeah, when you have an appreciative the crowd, will have fun. It does, and by the same token, when you have a good appreciative crowd, yes. you know, 
you also feed off of that. Right. I've had a few times in the past too where you just can't get anything going. You know, whether right. I'm doing, right. whether you're acting, because I'm an actor that as still well. Happens now. Yeah. From time well, to time. So yep. You never know what you get. But yeah, the, the, only, the only thing that I would say was your competition here is the food. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure you're looking out in the crowd and all you're seeing is the top of people's heads. Right. But they love you. I do know they love you because they're all into it. You know? It's a great place to play. We love playing out here. Uh-huh. Uh, food's great. It is. If you haven't been out here, you got to get out here. The crabs are incredible. The crabs are incredible. And the staff and the, and the, and the management here. They're really nice. 100%. It's a family restaurant. Now, yeah. There's something to say. I mean, you know, sometimes you can go to a chain restaurant and you won't get a bad meal. But I tell you, the family feel, the family recipe, yeah. the way the family does it says a lot. Right. And it's really, really uh, a great thing. Table full of kids right yeah. over there. Yeah. I think I see a sax player. Yeah. Looks like it. Looks yeah. like it. No, yeah. you sit. You sit. So we're, about to start, we're about to start it back up. Are you getting started yeah. again here? Can we uh, talk How to you a little you, bit? How are you, sir? Sure. How are you? Nice to meet you. I'm gone. Are you I heading back a, in? Yeah, i got to go, go get a glass of water. Yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> hey, it was a pleasure to talk pleasure to you, bud. We'll, cu- we'll catch up again. I'll be down uh, here again. Um, got to talk some more shop and some more uh, rigs and that sort of thing here. Yeah, you know? So, uh, great. Well, thanks a lot again, guys. I appreciate it. You sound like it. a musician. I'm a musician. I'm, okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not at your level here. I'm a, a heavy metal punk well, rock guy. Well, what level guy. would that be that you're not? Um a beast like you guys are. <laughs> I'm still studying. I don't know how you got to be beast like that. Well, you sound great. I'll tell you that. Thank what's, you. I'm um, just a student. Yep. What's your name? Russell Lyles. Russell Lyles. Nice to meet you. I'm Michael nice Smith. Mike, and, yes. I saw you a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. We, we have this podcast where we, um, it's an internet radio show, and there's a lot of, a lot of purposes for it, first of all, to make people aware there are a lot of great stories in this area with right, entertainment right, I agree. a lot of great bands actors theaters tv people cool i'm trying to bring these stories to light here um is it youtube or uh, uh it's on uh itunes it's iTunes. on facebook okay. it's okay. on um stitcher spotify and buzzsprout okay. I, I do put it on facebook and if you add me as your friend i'll be sure you get the copy okay. on facebook Make sure I get your name. Uh, you will. You some will. kind of way. If you, you have a card, that's wonderful. Absolutely, I will here. Yeah. So you're up there playing the alto sax here. I love it. I fell in love with alto sax. Uh, uh-huh. Gosh, got to be 30 years ago, uh-huh. and been sticking with it ever since. Yeah, it's um. You all sound really good. How long have you been with Rodney? Oh God, ten years. Ten years. Okay. Yeah. Easily ten years. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. He told me, um, you know, his, his story how. Um, you know, he started off playing, and then you know, you know, life happens. You know, you've got to get yourself something stable under that your belt. That does happen. The same thing with me too. You know. Yeah. And um, yeah. Now he's back, and he's got his son playing with him. And oh I'll tell man, you, that's the blessing. It sounds great. It sounds Only great. one child in my family played. My grandson, he played alto. Uh, actually, they switched him to baritone. I sent him to school with an alto, uh-huh. and. He came back with it in a baritone. Oh, okay. okay. But the funny part about that story is I started on baritone. Oh, okay. Switched to tenor. Uh-huh. Played tenor for maybe 17, 18, almost 20 years. Is that right? I put tenor down for a minute. Uh-huh. And a buddy of mine called me and said, hey, man, come do this gig with me. Mm-hmm. I'll let you play my alto. He had a Selmer Mark VI in pristine condition. Oh, wow. 
Nice. I played that horn, and I could hear Charlie Parker come out of every note. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. from that day on, uh-huh. I was an altruist. Great. So you started playing sax when you were a young man. And, oh, I was um, 13 when I 13. started. And Actually, what, I started playing piano when I was eight. Is that right? Oh, is yeah. That right, piano. Yeah. So you're, you're a multi-instrumentalist here. And you kind Not of really. Them, right? I'm in love with alto saxophone. I teach everything else. Oh, is that okay? And I don't play everything else. Right, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Where do you teach? All over. I'm a traveling teacher. Okay. Uh, yeah. Colleges or uh, like at the No, I have or... private students. Oh, okay. But okay. my private students, when they leave me, they have enough education to audition for like the army band and oh, be sure. the youngest person ever accepted. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Do you help people prepare for uh, college interviews? Prepare as... for college. Okay. I've taught um, Hispanic and merengue band Right. Musicians. Uh-huh. Uh, every kind of guy you want to run into, I uh-huh. have taught. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So um, you're helping people you know, get, get prepared for college, just become a better player overall? That's the easy part. Uh, generally, when I walk in the door, they have not had any theory. Oh, okay, right. So right. I give them the comprehensive music understanding. Sure, sure. Once you have that, mm-hmm. you can play anything with anybody. You can. You really yeah, can. Once yeah. you really get that down, I understand. Yeah, you yeah. Know, uh, but the other part of that is they have to practice every day. You really they do. They really want it. Uh-huh. they got to read something new every day. Yes, they do. Something they've never seen. Mm-hmm. That's how you get your eyes together. You do, yeah. But for the most part, uh, people who want to play improvisation like this, mm-hmm. that's a different animal. That is. That really you gotta, is. you got to dig in deeper. It is. It is. got to go play Okay. But it's it a, a pleasure, pleasure, Mike. I'll be back down again, and I'll be okay. glad to talk okay. to you all again. I'll this get your name from uh, Rodney and make yeah. sure I look you up. Yep. I'll probably tag something. Okay, excellent. excellent. Take care. Thank Enjoy you so you. much, and I will see you next time. Okay. okay. Take care. We've been talking to the Rodney Kelly experience down here at Costas this evening. I tell you, you're not going to find a nicer group of guys. Um I was, it's been a real pleasure speaking to them tonight. Make sure you come down and check it out here. You know, there is lots and lots of great jazz music, and um, it's really a great atmosphere for a good meal. Uh, Costas, you know, you're not going to go wrong with the food. You're not going to go wrong with the music. So make sure you come on down, and um, we will see you next time. Again, I'm Michael Spedden here with Foul Players Radio. See you later. <laughs>